Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. Now it's time for a spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. 
Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Spotlight Star Wars. I'm Ken Napsok here uh, broadcasting to you. It's episode 132, and I'm very, very, very happy to be here. Uh, it has uh, been a, a while since we did this. We did this before Rise of Skywalker. And coming up in the show, we've got a special interview with Andres Cabrera, ace to you and me back on the show. And yeah, he and I were part of Collider Jedi Council. That came to an end. We actually talk about that. We talk about just missing the chance, you know, to talk Star Wars with each other still. And we pull him in. And I'll say this, we do get into some Mandalorian spoiler territory, but I don't want that to dissuade you from that interview because uh, we go for about 20 minutes about some other stuff here to bed, uh, recording this after that, obviously, and I'm glad I did because uh, I can let you know that don't be scared if you haven't seen The Mandalorian, if one of our, our viewers over there uh, on the uh, UK side of things, uh, following the rules, we talk about other things as well. Where's my mind at as a Star Wars fan these days? Well, the main show coming up this week, uh, I always assume people listen to these shows in chronological order. I, I, maybe it's like the Clone Wars. Maybe it's like the Clone Wars order. It's all over the place. But if you're listening uh, at the time of this release, the, sh the main show coming out, we're going to talk about a lot of the news that's been going on there. And I'm still I'm still Luke Skywalker on Octo. I'm still out there cut off from the Force. I have every possible word or phrase that I can think of muted, muted about Star Wars on my, on my timeline, on my Twitter timeline. Hashtag Star Wars, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, T-R-O-S, Luke Skywalker, Kylo Ren, Ray Lowe's, Ray, all of it. I have it muted. And it's been great. It's actually been really good for me. I needed it. I needed it because I was turning towards the dark side far too many times. Just getting upset, not just at the people all out there in Twitter land, but at people I know, people I love and respect, people who, hey, they have their opinions and that shouldn't affect my life but it was all spinning around me wildly, and I was just getting angry. We know what Yoda says about anger. I didn't want to go that way, so I, I muted it. I muted things kind of... I, I started muting the words like I do a lot going into any big movie, uh, Star Wars, or, or maybe another movie I don't want to be spoiled on, or a TV show. Just, I, I get, just didn't want to be spoiled. TV trailers, all those kind of things. It is part of the job a little bit here with Force Center, but I just I, I, I liked it. And then I found myself, when, when the movie movie came out and I came out of the press screen and had some problems and, and, and Andres and I are going to talk about on the on the interview here coming up I, I touch a little bit on the dark side go a little bit down the dark path I just discovered for myself with those words being muted it just kind of felt good it felt good to just kind of take a breath and enjoy it but I'll say this Luke Skywalker cut himself off from the force and it wasn't necessarily a good thing uh, the Force wanted him to come back. Jason Fry's novelization, the opening prologue, is just the greatest example of that. The Force said, if you're not going to come back and I can't get you any other way, I'm going to haunt your dreams. I'm going to get into your dreams, Skywalker, and I'm going to let you know what needs to happen and that something is coming to pull you back in. Ray shows up shortly thereafter. I'm kind of in that point, too. I've missed some good messages, when you shut yourself off from everything, that means you shut yourself off from everything. And I think it's, an, it's been good for me to kind of, again, good for me to be away, but I think at some point I do have to return. I have to return to be able to have my own mind in check over some of, 
uh, the other opinions of Star Wars films and Star Wars stories and Star Wars news out there. That's just healthy. It's not all crazy, wild rhetoric. It's not all trolls. It's sometimes just good conversation. But beyond that, I mean, that's just you got to get back to a healthy spot. But beyond that, there is still a wonderful, warm community out there. There's still a fandom out there. Ryan Johnson asked constantly post-Last Jedi, why did you stay on Twitter? Why would you do this? Why would you do this to yourself? And he says over and over again, believe it or not, believe it or not, most of, I think he threw out some numbers in the 90 to 95% range. Most of my interactions on social media are very positive with people who love Star Wars. Even some of the people who might be negative, it's still very positive. You got the 5%, you deal with that, you know where it's coming from. You don't need to have that tear you down if you know who you are. And I think Ryan Johnson knows who he is. So I like to think I know who I am as a Star Wars fan. I believe a lot of you listening right now know who you are as Star Wars fans. And we can get upset. We can furrow furrow our brows and really just want to spit some of that venom back at people. But we, we should know ourselves more than that. We're here for something else. We're here for something bigger, and that's the joy and the celebration of Star Wars, which does include sometimes questioning it, sometimes wondering, and sometimes just poking fun at it. All of it is okay. Star Wars is big enough for that. Star Wars is big enough for your doubt. And Star Wars is big enough for you to not like one of these movies or to not like one of the shows. It's so weird, even during The Mandalorian, when there's a couple episodes or a couple moments where I'm like, ooh, ah, I'm not really liking this. It suddenly feels to me, this is to me, as if all of Star Wars will come toppling down just because I didn't like one moment, one character, one scene, one episode. That's not the case. Star Wars lives on. And even if, even if episode nine was truly the end of Star Wars, and they said, Clone Wars isn't coming back, Kenobi series, Cassie and Andor, they don't exist. Game of Thrones, uh, uh, the, the, the game show, every time I say the word game, I start thinking of Thrones, but the game show coming out with I'm the Best. If that didn't, if that was going away, if all of it was going away, episode nine was it. No comic books, no books, no coloring books, no games, no nothing, no figures. If this was the end, Star Wars would still go on. It would still be in our hearts. It's big enough for that. We as fans got to be big enough uh, to, to take the little moments. It, it's just the way to look at it. I'm always, I feel sad. I feel sad that people feel one of these movies or one of these shows or even the prequels let them down so far down the, the well that they just, they just couldn't crawl back up to love Star Wars. I feel, I feel sad. I feel sad. I'm not going to take that away from anyone. I, I can't change anyone's emotions. I can't change anyone's feelings. But... I just, I don't like to find myself, I don't like to put myself in that hopeful, hopefullessness of a spot. Get all the syllables out, Ken. Case in point, the comic books. The mainline, particularly. The Marvel mainline, which began for, before Force Awakens, right? 2015, I do believe. Started so strong, started great, and it went all over the place. There were some great moments. There's some moments I wrote about in my book, Why We Love Star Wars, because they're just powerful moments. Also, some of the stuff in the Vader comic and even some of the annuals, all that kind of stuff. If you read the book, you you got it. It it meant meant a lot to me, a lot of those comics. And I love having new Star Wars stories to get each time in my stack. But it it did go all, all over the place. And it wasn't my favorite thing. 
And some of the stuff, there, there's the the Jack Porkins, Biggs, Dark Light, a weird vacation uh, story that was one of the comics. It's one of the most bizarre things out there. It's not my favorite, but it, it exists and it doesn't need to be more than that to me. But the main line, I, I quite frankly, I'll admit something, I kind of lost interest in it. I still read it. I still wouldn't picked it up. I felt I had to. But that's the reason even here in Force Center or even over on Collider Jedi Council during the last six, seven months, I was reading the books. I get the books. We read those the comics I was picking up once every six weeks. I go to my shop. I still do. I get a stack and I read them. I can't talk about them in a timely manner. And that was because I had lost interest in the main line. I just have to admit, lost interest in the main line. The main line is... Not starting over again. Well, it is going back to issue one, but it's not rebooting the story. It's continuing the story. We are now past the events of Empire Strikes Back. Issue one came out. It was a test for me. I'll admit, there was some moments where I thought maybe for money, for storage reasons, and just time reasons, maybe I don't pick this one up. Maybe I don't do it. Maybe I don't push forward. Maybe I wait to the trade paperbacks. Maybe I buy it digitally and just let it go out of my mind. When you buy the actual comic book, it's with you. But I went to my shop, Earth 2 over in Northridge, California, walked in, and I just assumed that, you know what, they probably continued the, on my poll list, they probably just continued the new series. I'd probably get it in my stack. It's going to be handed to me, and I'll just have to buy it. But they didn't. They didn't do it. So a little bit of a test is now put in front of me. I walked over to the racks. There's issue one. By the way, the Knights of uh, Ren, the the Kylo Ren uh, origin comic, uh, sold out. Not on my pull list. Forgot to add it to the pull list. I have not been able to buy a physical copy. I read issue one. I got to get two. I'm probably going to have to do it digitally. Sold out. Tells me something. But I go there, and there on the rack is the issue one of the new line. Got a good cover. And I had this little moment. Here it is. Now I've actually been given the hard choice. Do I pick this up? Do I keep going? It took about two seconds. Of course. Of course it is because it's new Star Wars in front of me. I cannot, as a Star Wars fan, allow myself to walk away or turn away from a new story that's presented to me. I got to keep going. I got to figure it out. Because, and this, uh, I'll bring in some conversation about music. I, I'm a big music fan. I used to work in radio, some of you might know. I uh, used to be a big uh, collector of albums. I was going to say records, but I mean, actually, like I'd go CD, the prime of CD era, the, that era. I'd, I'd go out and buy, buy CDs. And me, uh, me and a good friend of mine, uh, Jay, would go, and I'd reference him a lot. He used to write for a website called tinymixtapes.com back in the early 2000s, and I'd reference my record shopping, album shopping trips with my friend Jay. At the time, lived in Pasadena, since moved. Uh, still locally, we still talk. Why am I talking about that story, Ken? Jay's a good guy. <laughs> but Jay said to me once, he goes, I live in fear that the song that will change my life is still out there. That's the kind of weird, obsessive music fans we were. Think of the movie High Fidelity or the book High Fidelity, two of my favorites, and just that that was us. Good for good or, or for better or worse, good or bad, that was us. 
And that haunted me. That haunted me when Jay said that. And that kind of is where I approach the Star Wars thing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I guess I'm just easy. I This post-Rise of Skywalker era, I've been condescended uh, by so many uh, friends of mine. Friends. Oh, you just, you're just a real positive fan. Yeah, I guess I am. But here I am struggling. Struggling with this main line of comics and a lot of the other comics and just not, pulled, not being pulled into them as much. But issue one was staring at me. And for those two seconds, I was haunted by the idea, by the thought that a page, a panel, a character, a moment, a line, something in that comic book, something Star Wars, true and true, and through and through, would be there that would change my fandom or expand my love. It'd just be something cool and I'd miss it. So I bought it. And actually, I like it. I like issue one. Hope is renewed. Hope is renewed in that Star Wars. Fallen Order. Not my favorite game. It's, it's, it, I'm not connecting with it on a, on, a, on a level other people are. So I get it. But I was going to finish it. And by the way, there's great things in, in the game. I, I do like the game a lot. I, I, I finished it. I'm not at 100% completion. I might try that. might get to it. Uh, I'll probably be playing Battlefront 2 before that game um, more often than not. But same thing. Same thing. I just love this stuff. I'm here for it, and I'm going to keep pushing on. I hope you all do, too. If you listen to me now and Rise of Skywalker didn't hit you, if you, if you listen to me now and you didn't like Mandalorian, you dropped out after Force Awakens, but you're still hanging on. That tells me something if you're still hanging on. You're coming back. I, I do remember. Uh, May 2002. Sitting outside a, a movie theater. Tickets in hand. Waiting, because you had to wait in line for the seats. You had a ticket. Weren't guaranteed where. Where you'd be sitting. I was sitting there with my friend. And, and I, at the time... Phantom Menace hadn't pulled me in. Phantom Menace, the, the layers were there. I, I understood it early on. I, I used to tell people after like my fourth or fifth viewing some of the things that were present there in the Phantom Menace that I thought were great. And then I just allow, I allow myself to throw those out of my mind. But the journey to being, uh, to being a prequelist was a long and winding road. Phantom Menace had disappointed me, or at least I thought it did. At least I said it did. At least I felt it did. That's very, very real emotions. I, you know, you can't take that away. But I, there I was, outside the theater with my friend Paul, waiting, jokingly arguing over how the Jedi were just these pompous asses that went around and Obi-Wan had a drinking problem. And I didn't even know that the Outlander Club <laughs> scene was going to open up Attack of the Clones, where Obi-Wan's literally like, Let's, I, I, we need a drink. And there, when he, I turned to him and we, we, we went in the theater. I said, uh -huh, what I've been saying. But there we were outside the, uh, outside the theater, waiting talking with strangers, and I was there because new Star Wars was in front of me. And whenever that's the case, there's always hope for something to change your life. So I hope Star Wars keeps changing your life, and I hope you keep finding yourself open to it. We are going to take a quick break, but on the other side of the break, my friend Andres Cabrera is going to come in, and this is a great little interview. This wasn't really planned. We were recording something else. We, we, uh, we have a show um, together. Uh, he's one of the cast members on a little podcast I have called Casterly Talk, a Game of Thrones, World of Ice and Fire 
program. Uh, it's not just about the HBO show. It's about the books, the maps. Uh, it is about the show. It is looking forward, looking back, all those kind of things. Ace is on there. He's very insightful. I said, hey, you're here. Why don't you stick around? Let's just talk a little Star Wars. We didn't get to talk Mandalorian. Uh, episode 8 on uh, Jedi Council. I got taken away from us. That opportunity got taken away from us. And f- before we got to that, we got to some other stuff. It was a great kind of free form, free flowing interview about Star Wars. And I hope you enjoy it. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is Force. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you. 
All right, Four Center fans, as promised, back on our airwaves for a little catch-up, a little recap, and some some Mando talk. So I know some of you, there's like two of you in the UK who have not seen the show yet through legal means. Giving you a heads up, Andres and I are going to talk Mandalorian. One of the reasons we're going to do that, first of all, Andres Cabrera, welcome back to Four Center. Hey, happy to be back, man. This is the place to be it's a place when to it comes to Star Wars it's conversation. A hop joint. As yeah. the kids would say. Yeah, no, man, I, I miss talking Star Wars with you. One of the reasons we are going to talk about Mandalorian outside of our Mandalorian report show that Joseph and I ran here on Four Centers because you and I didn't get a chance to talk about it because Collider Jedi Council came to an end. So That's to catch up, right. I think everyone listening would know, mm-hmm. uh, you know I had taken over Collider Jedi Council at the end of October. Uh, mid-October, I was told this was happening and I accepted this offer and to do it, and one of the conditions, I have witnesses, one of the conditions, I said, Andres Cabrera is coming with me. And Mark Fernandez said, okay, I trust you. And I said, you damn well better trust me. And you came on the show, and I thought in the two months that we got to do that show, you just spewed out wonderful, wonderful Star Wars knowledge. And I say spewed because you were just like fire, like a dragon. Wonderful Star Wars knowledge. I love working with you on a weekly basis. And then we woke up one morning and we're told no more. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> happened. <laughs> it happened. It happened January 2nd. So bummer. And it was the right time for me to go in a lot of ways. I was a little burnt out by YouTube Star Wars talk. But the first thing that came to mind was, man, I got to, you know, working with you, working with Emma was great. And I'm going to miss talking with Star Wars. But luckily, Four Center's here. We're going to try to get you on as much as we can. So, everyone, that's a big rambling preamble. But Man, you were so good. You're so oh, good talking to man. man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a bummer, mainly because I wanted to keep talking Star Wars. No yeah. no really other reason than that. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people, obviously, yeah. had, had bigger roles uh, over there and, and had bigger losses than I did, personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have a great perspective of it, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah, off you. air, we've talked. We don't need to go yeah. into details, but you've just you have great perspective and very selfless perspective on it. So yeah, just because I feel like it, it was a privilege for me mm. to even take on that role. So so yeah. the fact that it wasn't there anymore is a bummer and it's yeah. a disappointment. But it's not, um, you know, I'm going to set the world on fire kind of attitude. Mm. Uh, that's just not my attitude, um, and especially because. The, the little things I got to say, I, I, I threw in my little jabs <laughs> at the very end, and I was happy that I even said it on Twitter. It was like, yeah. if the last thing I do is like, yeah. like, where's the star? Cigar worker was awesome. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and then I'm going to be out. Peace. Then that's yeah. my way to go out. To go out. <laughs> that's the last thing I said on Jedi Council yeah. was how right. much I love the last movie and yeah. how much I love the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Uh, then so be it. And that's my so last word. So Jedi. Yeah. It was great, man. And you got to watch uh, Rise of Skywalker with your family. I did. Over this little break you took, you were out of uh, state here. And and you talked about how, uh, on Jedi Council, you talked about how important that is. You've talked about it a lot of places, about important for you and your family to take in Star Wars. What was that experience? They, they sat in the theater with you. It was incredible, man. It, it, it definitely was one of those moments that I realized this is what Star Wars has always been for, for mm-hmm. me. And, and the personal connection I had towards it, especially towards the sequel trilogy yeah. and all the sequel movies, to be honest, because we've enjoyed Rogue One and Solo as sure. well as a family. But but watching it, especially with my mom, mm. who, who I've mentioned quite a bit, yeah. um, who connected to Rey right off the bat wow. in, in Force Awakens back yeah, in 2015 yeah. when that came out. And I saw that with her. Uh, it kind of dawned on me that this idea of 
one way or the highway or or the character of Ray has been ruined or mm-hmm. so many articles that I, I read that were actually saying these things or saying that people who enjoy this movie are dumb or all right. this kind of stuff. And it, I mean, I'm dumb, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. But, but it's one of those things where there's audiences like my mom who doesn't mm-hmm. watch the original trilogy a hundred times a day, who doesn't right, right. read the, no- the graphic novels or the comics yeah. or watch clone wars or doesn't really keep up with the prequels who to her, this was her star Wars because this was the first time she connected to a character so much like Ray. And then seeing Ray's conclusion and I, and I'm not going to get into spoilers necessarily for the rise of Skywalker. You can, I mean, I can, but it's one of those things where it's like, let's face it at the end of the day, who is the hero? Who is the savior? It's Mm -hmm. Ray. Like Ray is the one who saves the day. Ray is the one who faces off against evil. Right. Literally. Uh, who descends into evil and descends into hell and comes away the victor yeah. uh, because of her courage, her attitude, her heart, her kindness, everything that makes Ray Ray. Mm. Um, I don't know, man. It just was really special to see that with my family and to see right. that with my mother and to realize that I love the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. I really do. I love the original. I love the prequels and I love the sequels, every single one of them. And I, And it's one of those privileges that I had to yeah. see that with my family and to realize how much these movies meant to me. That's great. That's great. I love it. Has your mom expressed what specifically about Ray she's connected with? You know, what's funny in 2015, when I first saw the, the force awakens and I was thinking about this cause there, there I, I can hear some counterpoints of like, what about Leia? Yeah. But it, there's something about Ray's go get him attitude as mm. far as her, her physicality, I, right. I guess is the, I don't know how else to describe it. It's okay. it's the way she's able to fend off the people who are trying to hunt down BB-8 right. in the beginning of Force Awakens. It's the way she goes into uh, the ship uh, when she's like, you know, parkouring around the ship and yeah, just yeah. going for it and just trying to find a way. It's the way she handles the blaster with Han Solo. It's the way she flies the Millennium Falcon. That's great. This is the kind of stuff that, that really my mom turned to me yeah. the first time she watched The Force Awakens and said to me, like, who is this girl? My God. Like she's a go-getter. Who's that's, the girl? <laughs> yeah, but it's but she said go-getter in Spanish, obviously. But okay. it's that idea. I was like, man, she just goes after it. Like she doesn't wait. Like she's the kind of girl who like Love she that. will throw the punches. Like she won't, you know, tell someone else to throw the punches for her. Yeah. And that's the first thing that got my that's mom into so Ray. Interesting. And then from there to like The Last mm-hmm. Jedi, to to The Rise of Skywalker, seeing her progression of like training of taking on the responsibility of having mm-hmm. these powers of, of, in my opinion, in the, in the rise of Skywalker of her kindness being the, the most, oh, yeah. you know, the biggest part of her heart in the rise of Skywalker is kind of what defeats the emperor, mm-hmm. not necessarily her force powers or all this kind of stuff. Right. It's, it's really her heart and her attitude. And it's, and it always comes down to me in that scene mm-hmm. of, uh, when she's in the emperor's lair in, in uh, yeah. Exegol. Exegol. Um, and she hears all the voices of saying, you know, get up, rise. Yeah. And it, and it kind of dawned on me, like that scene has been in so many movies. Like mm. it was literally just in one of the best movies last year right. with uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I don't know if you've seen that. I movie. have not. No, no. Yeah. So uh, spoilers, but mm. in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, there's literally a scene where Spider-Man's down and, and the movie opens up. Mm-hmm. I, I've said this in Jedi council and I said this to, to uh, a lot of people. So sorry if I'm repeating this, but the movie opens up by saying, who is Spider-Man? You yeah. know, he, he's, you know, web slinger, all this stuff saves New York. But at the end of the day, he always gets up like he's beating mm. up. Yeah. You know, he always gets up. And at the end of the movie, Miles Morales realizes that 
it's not necessarily me being Peter Parker that makes me Spider-Man yeah. or me having these qualities. It's me having the morality, having the courage, and having the ability to get up. And that's the scene where Miles becomes Spider-Man when his dad is yelling to him, get up, get up, get up. Like, mm-hmm. And he starts to get up and he, and he realizes I'm Spider-Man because I'm going to keep getting up. Uh, and it's that scene with Ray having it in The Rise of Skywalker with she not giving up and, and having the courage to, like Luke says in the movie, mm. confront fear. Yeah, that's, that's the idea that this movie kind of takes all the way through. And that's mm. the character of Ray within itself. Yeah. And that's what really dawned on me that that's what my mother connects to the most. It's her courage. It's her attitude. It's her ability to take a lightsaber mm-hmm. and just start swinging it. Like what, like she does in The Force Awakens. Like this is the kind of stuff that it makes Ray Ray. I want to talk about this. This is great. This is great. Your mother's perspective on it, who, you know, uh, is a lot of times we think, and I'll fall into this too, that Ray is for the next generation of Star Wars fans. And that, that might specifically mean younger female viewers and everything. And here's your mother. You, you just said, you know, she, she's a fan of the other movies, but doesn't study the original trilogy. Doesn't. And so here she is, um, you know, maybe outside the demographic a little bit that they're built that, that we, and th- I'm saying that from, a, if you're cynical, no, no, absolutely. Ray, Ray is for the, uh, it you is, know, you know, and that's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. But, but she comes in and, and for, for your mother to sit there and, and identify her as a go getter yeah, and not to be like, well, where'd she get that training? Well, where'd she get this? Where'd she get that? Just your mom says it's on the screen. This girl has kindness in her heart and the will to go act on that kindness in, 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 in defense of others and just grabs a blade and goes. That's a powerful, powerful statement what the character actually really is and what it means and how it does go many different directions. I love the character of Ray. John Williams loves the character of Ray and fell in love with this character and is very protective of Ray. And I said, I don't want anyone else writing music for her. Um that's one of the reasons he signed on and he came back, you know, he would have said last Jedi, I'm good, but you know, he probably wouldn't have, but like he said that he's saying that in his concert. So anyone can connect with Ray as anyone can connect with any character. Let's also put that out there. I think your mom's, your mom's perspective on it is, is amazing and very insightful about what that character actually is. Yeah. And I feel like, that's my biggest takeaway from the rise of Skywalker. And, and I've said this to so many friends of mine who have debated with me, who have argued with me, who didn't like the movie quite as much as I did. Just I said, just fine, yeah, which is fine. Uh, you don't have to. Yeah. It, it, I said, yes, you might have a point. Yes. The movie might've had some flaws, many flaws maybe, but I feel like at the end of the day, a character like Ray and a character, I'll throw in Kylo slash Ben. Sure. The way they're able to take these characters full circle to me Mm. It's just worth every single one of these movies. It's worth the whole movie. The weight of this entire trilogy is on these two characters, especially Ray, but yeah. I'll, I'll throw in Kylo as well. Yeah. It's just, it makes the whole thing worth it for me. You have said this and I have, I have remixed it and, and cited you when I um, say it, but now that I got you here, you had said it on council of this idea of a child of light uh, born in, into you know, or, or, or excuse me, child of destiny born into light chooses darkness. It's Ben and a child of, of, uh, you know, a child of, uh, like Ray born into the dark, um, a child, a child from nowhere born into the dark darkness who chose the light. You say it more eloquently than me, clearly. Um, that's this perfect circle. And that's what it's about. Yes. Yes. It's, it's about a lot of things, but at the center of it is that. 
Yeah. And, and I feel and, like and I'm always blown away by it. Yeah. And, and that to me is what, what kind of uh, it hit me watching it the first time in the movie theater. That's what he, they were trying to go for. And, and it hit me personally. I know it didn't hit a lot of people, but personally it hit me. And, and, and to me, the character of Ray will always be that special character to me. And one yeah. of my favorite star Wars characters and, and, mm-hmm. and, and one of the greatest star Wars characters in my opinion. Yeah. And, and, and I think this, all three movies, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, did those things to develop her character to mm-hmm. come full circle, to be who she is. Yeah. And it didn't deceive her or pull her down or any other words that's being used to describe her. And many, many articles can, which kind of yeah. disappoint me because it, there's so many think pieces and articles being oh. written about how Ray is ruined. Like I see, I see the word ruined and destroyed and not inspirational anymore. Like those are words that are being thrown around. And I'm so disappointed because I'm like, really? I am. What too. movie did you see? She literally defeats evil, it, it, stares yeah. down evil in the face and defeats it and makes her own destiny and makes her own lightsaber. Like, it is hot take is syndrome. It's hot take syndrome. Yeah. It's people putting their own personal lives ahead of the, the movies in a way that's that's damaging to themselves, so they're not seeing what's there. It is this, um, and I, I'm not going to sound like an old guy. You know, I'm on social media. Clearly, I have a career because of digital media. But I saw it at the screening. I saw it the first screening. I went to the press screening. I walked out emotionally moved by that movie. And you do not have to feel that way. You do not have to connect to things as as, as much as the person next to you. That's not what I'm saying. But I walked out, and no one was taking the time to see if they connected to it. They were just trying to get on Twitter as fast as they could to pick apart this movie. And that's why I was disgusted by the industry that I'm in. Yeah. And, and, and you could come back and say... Hey, here, I don't like it. And I know some people who do, but even some of the people I respect, they're coming from this faux intellectual standpoint. Yes. Think pieces and little hot takes that, that are not, that are willfully Joseph and I have talked about this more off, off mic than on, but willfully ignoring some of the truths there. And a lot of it is there with that character. Doesn't mean you have to like everything. Doesn't mean you have to, uh, the emperor coming back, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, we all think Kelly Marie Tran should have got more so- shots in the movie. Yes, 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 yes. But at the core and this character of Ray, character of Ben works so well. And you're talking stuff too. She goes into the belly of the beast. She goes into Mordor. She goes into hell. And, and, and if all along the way, last Jedi, she faces doubts. She faces struggles. Um, uh, and force awakens her struggles herself. It's just like, I'm not part of the, I, 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 things are a myth and I, none of it's real, but now I find out crap. It's real. And I'm in the center of it. And she really doesn't want to go face it. Yeah, all these kind of things. And, and it lines up with the hero's journey. It really does. I saw that tweet. I should have screen capped it. Someone had tweeted right after Rise of Skywalker. It just goes with Campbell's uh, hero's journey. But she doesn't lose herself. She doesn't lose herself. And you talk about her kindness. The smile and the fix of BB-8's antenna, that, that is there. And I talked about it on Pasana when she's at the Aki Aki Festival and she's smiling. She's just got joy in her face, just like she has on Octo when she puts her hand out for the rain and is smiling, too. That stays with her all through the movie. She is who she is to the end, and it's a powerful testament to kindness. And and like you said, the journey to confront fear is the center of it all. She makes that choice. It's eh. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I get upset at some... I, just, I, yeah. I, was at a, I was at a party last weekend. I, 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 you know, I, I had to walk away from some people. Yeah. And it's tough. It's tough for me too. And, and I've become a little bit more fiery in my defense, which, which is why I stepped away from the whole online argument about it because I needed to, I, I, I said my last words and my last words were what I literally yeah. just told you about 
this is my connection. Yeah. This is what I see people who don't study Star Wars like we do and who just want to enjoy a good movie about a good story, about yeah. a great character. And that's exactly what a lot of people got out of this movie. It, it even watching it a second time with people around me, because I went mm. to the press screening and I was lucky enough to, to go to that. Yeah, you were in the afternoon one, right? I yeah, was, we yeah. Ones, yeah. And, 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 and seeing I wish you had been with me. We would have cried together. Exactly. And I, and I was, <laughs> I was definitely in tears. <laughs> and seeing the people's reaction towards that screening versus seeing it with just fans yeah. and seeing their reaction when Luke comes out, when moments happen in the movie, when you hear the voices, like yeah. these are moments that are supposed to make you feel something. And the audience around me felt something and it just really dawned on me. Like mm. we live in a world of, like you said, think pieces, hot takes, online discussion, yeah. film, Twitter, Star Wars, Twitter kind of attitude. Yeah. And to realize there is so many people who saw this movie, Ken, so many people, it, it, it's already a billion dollar movie. It's probably yeah. going to make more money. And the irony that so many people like this movie Yeah. And, and, and we live in a world where it's like, nope, it's trash. It's supposed to be hated and everyone's supposed to hate it period, the yeah. end, it's over. And it's like, no, <laughs> yeah. there's so many kids that are going to watch this movie and be so inspired. Mm. Seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, however many kids watch this movie all over the world yeah. that are going to say, I'm inspired by the character of Ray. I'm yeah. inspired by the character of Poe. Whoever character they cater towards in this movie, yeah. that's what The Rise of Skywalker de- delivered. And that's what the trilogy delivered, in my opinion. And, and, and the trilogy as a whole, you know, trilogy Last Jedi, if you want to rank all Last three. Jedi, Last Jedi is still like my favorite of the new ones. Yes. Da, 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 da. You can get it, get just like you said, we're so, we're so trapped into that because it's, it's part of it. And I, again, I, I love doing Force Center every week. This is a career I have now. It's a career, uh, you know, you have, and, and I, quite frankly, you deserve more of. And so I'm not ever going to crap on that. It's, 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 I'm not, that's the hand that feeds me, but it's just this, I really have, especially now have moved back. I've muted every word on star Wars on Twitter, which is sucks. Cause you know what? Sometimes I miss some nice words and I have to go seek out tweets that some people have said, Hey, hashtag star Wars. Thanks for your nice work or something like that. And, and not that we're out here seeking that kind of glory, but it's like, I have to go, I've muted my, I've, I'm Luke. I've locked myself off from the force. Eventually I'm going to come back, but I just want to get back to the point where not just I enjoy it as a fan, but just if you feel something and you connect to it, that's the sign. That's your heart telling you there's something in the movie you like. And then not to come out and be like, man, I'm crying. Because I had some people who were like, oh, no, I cried. But here's the 50 reasons I didn't like the movie. And I'm like, well, did you? What, how are you crying? But then coming out with a CinemaSins list of ding, 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 you dummy, you're missing it. I said the same you're thing missing to it. everyone who said that to me. They're like, oh my God, I cried so much, but this movie was trash. And I'm like, what? <laughs> How could you say, oh my God, I cried like three times, but yeah. this movie's trash. Like, what are you, if this movie made you cry, my yeah. God, then this movie did something right. Like, yeah. I yeah. hate, stop, stop saying like, oh yeah, this movie had great moments and made me cry, but it was awful and it was terrible. But and what, how did the emperor again. come back? Yeah. And it's like, dude, who cares? It made you cry. Yeah. Like, that's it. Isn't that doing something? I don't know. That's I said the doing. same thing. <laughs> this has been, this is good and therapeutic. We're not yeah. done yet though. I do want to talk. We got about 10 minutes left here. I want to oh, talk. Yeah, I, want, I want to talk Mando. So the, you didn't get a chance to discuss no. this publicly anywhere. We did discuss it a little bit on, uh, um, on, on, on a Mandalorian report here on force center. Uh, we have got uh, Mando 8. I just want to hear your thoughts on the f- final episode, Taika Waititi directing this great episode, and then the series overall, and what you expect out of season two. Let's have it, my friend. Oh, man. What an episode, Ken. What it is really, it's, it's really, really good. I mean, I was talking about Taika Waititi uh, earlier this week um, because we were talking about our favorite directors and our favorite movies this year. 
Taika just delivers, man. He really does. And I know this, it's funny because everyone talks about Taika's comedy, what works, what doesn't work. Uh, a lot of people like to judge him based off that. And the irony that he does a Star Wars episode that's completely in his brand of comedy. Totally is. But yeah. it's also in Star Wars yeah. and it works perfectly. I mean, the opening scene of this episode uh, yeah. the is, is the, the most, biker it's the most Taika thing. Sudeikis and Pally. It, 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 yeah, it's yeah. so Taika, right? Yeah. I mean, the the way it's written, the way it's performed, the way mm-hmm. everything just works. And it's literally just two scout troopers yeah. sitting on their, you know, speeder bikes talking about stuff. And the yeah. way it's done is perfectly f- funny, dark, yeah. upsetting. It, 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 and, and at the end, redeeming because these guys get destroyed, but yeah. it's still kind of funny that they get destroyed. It's like dark it's, humor. It's dark humor. It, it yeah. really is like a, what we do in the shadows in yeah, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and then everything else he's able to do with the pieces that are given to him. Cause that's what Taika is so good at. Mm. I, I still remember the conversations around Taika when it came to giving him Thor Ragnarok. And, right. and people said Thor three directed by Taika Waititi. And everyone's like, who's Taika Waititi? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the guy who did what we do in the shadows a movie that costs like probably under a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. A couple, couple of bucks at some weekends. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah, they're giving him a great movie, by $200 the way. million dollar yeah. franchise movie. Like what are they thinking? What is the MCU thinking? And to think that he gave me one of my favorite ever mm. MCU movies, I would still put it in the top three. Mm. Um, and what the thing was, was that he was able to take the pieces given to him pieces, mm. meaning money, money, meaning budget, meaning mm. visual effects, all the tools that are given to a filmmaker, when you have a giant studio behind you, like a Disney yeah. and he made his own movie, his own brand of movie. And it's, it's 100% Taika and it's 100% Thor and it's 100% Marvel yeah. and it works so well. And that's what he was able to do with this episode, with the action scenes, with the, 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 the freaking jetpack reveal with yeah, yeah. the, the fight scene. It, it, it was just, it was such a blast, and he, man. And he got so a, cool. a lot of emotion out of the action with the IG Eleven and everything. Like he got yeah. he he, was, he pulled he pulled the strings really well. The, the scene when he's when he says like you know no man can see my face and he says like I'm no man like yeah. I, let me do this let me help you that were and, and then I, I, in retrospectively I'll give Favreau perhaps more credit than I did during the season of putting it all together and and it came together. Uh, you know some of the episodes not I don't like as much as other people do, but. At the end of it, it's just like, yeah, yeah, this, this, this all worked out. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, cause gut check on me because I, ha- I've been in my head a little bit about Mandalorian. I've have to admit. So I just, sometimes the budget doesn't look a little less than I think it should. You know, I, I think Favre wanted more money, didn't get it. That's what I had heard. Um, it looks a little, not just not as good to me at times, but I'll tell you what gut check going back to t- talking to myself, what I just said about the other people at the screening. I was in uh, target the other day. I'm always in target. Do what I always do. Pass through the toy aisle. And I froze because there was a Cara Dune six-inch Black Series figure. I didn't get it because right now I'm in a spot where any Star Wars toy I get has to go straight into a box because I just don't have the room right now. Sure. And I, for financial reasons, I had to stop buying Black Series. But I went, oh, oh. And that told me, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely connecting to it more than I'm even giving my, allowing myself to. So I, I'm looking at back at myself when I say that earlier in the show, yeah. too. Um, and Taika got a lot of that emotion out of the, of it coming all together. Yes. Like the, 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 the series in, in a great episode. Absolutely. Cause that's the thing about Taika that I feel like, again, I, I talk about filmmakers on my podcast. This is what I do. We talk about directors and what is the point of a director? Uh, and what makes a great director 
besides being a great storyteller, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is the heart behind their stories. Yeah. And I feel like as much comedy is in every single one of Taika's movies, which it is, mm-hmm. there's so much comedy in all his movies, yeah. so many jokes coming at you. The heart behind every single one of his films, from his short films that was not Oscar nominated short film, I forget the name of it, mm-hmm. that has so much heart about the kid outside the, the you know, waiting for his father. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, I'm, not, I'm not too familiar with that one. But to to a What We Do in the Shadows, yep. to to a Thor Ragnarok, and now to a Mandalorian, it, or even to a Jojo Rabbit, uh, a, a yeah. movie that a lot of people have seen, yep. is the heart behind the stories he tells. It, it, and that's what makes Taika such a great filmmaker. And he showed that in The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm looking it up while you're talking on IMDb just to just to give him full credit for what he... And of course, as the, at the time of this recording, uh, we, we released it a little bit later, but... Uh, he uh, he's in the news for possibly taking a meeting yes. about a Star Wars. What do you think movie. about that, man? I um, so hunt for the wilder people. What is it? Uh, the captain or boy? I'm looking at his no. falling leaves. He's got a lot of shorts. Toy boy. Uh, it's the one. Uh, it's boy. 2010. 2010. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm looking at actor, not director. Right. So he was in a. Oh, that's right. I'm doing that too. I am. He's got a lot of credits. That's yes, why. it's Boy 2010. He directed Boy. that. That's okay. the one I'm referring to, which has so much heart. Which it, came it, after, and he, look, he also directed a lot of Flight. Of, I love Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Concords, man, it's so good. Uh, I have all those oh, albums. Eagle memorized. versus Shark. I've seen Eagle versus Shark. That's 2007, mm-hmm. and it's quirky. It's weird. It's different. It's really so to answer weird. your question, so I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan of, of Flight of the Concords, particularly season one. I thought I thought it was just perfection. So that style of humor is very much how I write. Um, but I do have some like trepidation about that in Star Wars. And that opening scene works for me a lot. It's like it's there. Like maybe 10 seconds less, I'll be like A plus with it. But it's there for me. It works. Cause, but right away, I'm like, oh, Tyke's doing Tyke. Yep. And I always, so Thor Ragnarok, I'm, as you know, I'm not as invested in MCU. Yeah. So I, I, but I do see Thor. I saw it uh, at home. I didn't see it in the theater. And I loved it. I laugh, I'm laughing my head off. Korg's great. Everything about it's great. The shake weight joke, I love, but I'm like, I don't want that in Star Wars. <laughs> I would love that, <laughs> but 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 don't 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 get me wrong. I love that, but MCU exists in our world, so yes. it's not, and I don't think he would have done that. But that's but, a good point. But I, I apologize. So, I don't mean that. No, no, no. But you know, but the the <laughs> I just love that. But joke. trust me, I love it. Yeah. Uh, you make any kind of shake weight joke, you're you're all right with me in my yeah. book. But my point is. Thoughts of him doing a Star Wars movie, I would have had not doubts, but like, all right, I would have done that think piece thing of, all right, can he can he do his style in a Star Wars galaxy? And he said it in an interview before Mandalorian. He goes, I, I'm aware of my, and I'm paraphrasing, he basically said, I'm aware of my style and I'm aware of Star Wars style. You got to find a way to do it. Well, he did it. He did it. And he also got the heart. And if I was to get a Star Wars movie from him and exactly what you're saying, you guys should listen to Andres and RB3 and Sabrina on the Meaning of podcast uh, because they're very insightful and the stuff you're saying. If he was to get all the pieces handed to him from Lucasfilm, I wouldn't be looking forward to the comedy. I wouldn't be looking forward to kind of a, a hip style he brings. I'd be looking forward to the heart that he puts into everything. And that being there. The connection between Hulk and Thor, just that famous moment from the trailer of, hey, hey, that's heart. He puts heart into it. And IG-11's death tugged on heartstrings. So you're going to get that in a Star Wars movie? That's where I begin to really trust him. Yes. And and I perhaps should have trusted him before. I'm, again, saying to myself, I, I don't overthink it sometimes. The dude's a talent. And 
It doesn't always work out. You know, especially these big films. Lord and Miller are talented. It didn't work out. And you don't even need to worry about the drama or gossip or rumors. It just didn't work for whatever reason. It didn't work out. Uh, you know, this happens. So Taika, I've, I've definitely have faith in now. We're going to talk a more, talk about it more in the four center main show. Uh, I'll probably refer to this episode again, but just like, yeah, if you're asking me and I know you're a fan, like, yep, it, it wasn't that he won me over like he needed to, but I'm just like, okay, got it. Yes. Now I got it. Yeah. Give me that heart. He gets Star Wars is yeah. kind of my biggest takeaway from that episode is like, oh, he gets it. He knows yeah. what it's about. It's it's more about who these characters are, what they need to do, and what the purpose of their mission is, which is always right. either bringing freedom, mm-hmm. defeating injustice, and, and doing the Star Wars way. That That's yeah. kind of the whole purpose of it. And I like that Mando's mission in, in now is, is just to take baby Yoda, the child, yeah. um, to, uh, to his home world or, or try to find his home world or try to find his home. And, 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 and I, I find that to be a great jumping off point into season two. That's great. Let's talk about that in the yeah. minute, in a couple of minutes we have left here. Looking at season two Mandalorian. We know they're filming. We saw the picture with Favreau and baby Yoda, or excuse me, Favreau took of George Lucas and baby Yoda. That was or, an amazing Or excuse picture. me, the child. We're not supposed to say sure. baby Yoda, according to Favreau. Yeah. Uh, which which is I will still say baby <laughs> Of course. Of course. As yeah. you should until we're proven otherwise. Which, by Correct. the way, I think well, now that we're going to figure out that name, Taika did say the character has a name. We're, I think we're going to figure out the species. I yes. think that's part of the reason George was on set. Yes. But, you didn't hear I, that. I think you didn't hear that from me, but hundred percent. Yeah. Part of the reason he's, Hey George, we need this answered. Yeah. You got an answer. Going into season two. So here's, uh, you, you just taught, it's a great setup. I think you, the idea that other characters show up, I'm going to bet every dollar I have that Bo-Katan shows up. I'm still thinking Boba Fett shows up the feet, the spurs, all that stuff. Yes. Where are you at going into season two? What's your mindset? I mean, I'm so excited. Uh, this show delivered so much. And, and I really did bring people together, which I feel like is an underrated thing to do. But it, but it is. It, it's a great thing to do. Uh, I'm pumped, man. I mean, like you said, this keeps going into the whole Bo-Katan, Mandalorian mm-hmm. kind of attitude, especially with, I mean, we haven't talked about it, but the Dark Saber, my God. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, clearly, yeah. This, and I mean, that was huge. I was like, oh, my God. That's basically a a a... Filoni and Favreau, because he clearly is familiar with the, what that saber means, of them going, oh, hey, remember the last person who had this? Yeah, they're around. Yep. We don't we don't think he killed her. You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> I wouldn't and, think he did. And it gives more credence to, yep. to why they hired, um, why they got an actor like that from Moff Gideon, uh, Giancarlo Exposito. Now does, yeah. Seems like he's going to be in it for the long run. I honestly, for a moment, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if I said it on Jedi Council, thought he might've been like a one-off villain where he was killed off at the very end of the season or absolutely. Cause they I, were, I thought so the show was heading that direction. And sure. look, again, to those listening, just have a little patience. Uh, you know, when, when we're, when we are reviewing individual episodes, sometimes you're going to ask where it's going. You should, uh, this, uh, this show was really a, Hey, you're going to get the pieces along the way and we're going to put them in a nice puzzle at the end. Yeah. And I was glad because I, I even then, even then I, I, I kind of thought Moff Gideon might go at the end. But, but, and I didn't think he, before the episode, during the episode, that crash, I was like, ah, I don't know if it's that, I don't know if it's that easy. And sure enough, not, he's got the dark saber. One final thought here. We're, we're going to have a chance to preview the show uh, a lot on Force Center here. I got to ask you this. What do you feel about this going into season two? Mandalorian is this 
surprise hit in a way. And I'll say surprise hit because you had the phenomenon of uh, Baby Yoda, but also you are coming out of Last Jedi and Solo. This is the first live-action TV show for Star Wars on a streaming service that people are just launching for the first time. There's a lot of factors in there that could have gone wrong. A lot of things that people could have been like, eh, not for me. And I still think the show missed sometimes more than people are even saying. But overall, it's a big, big win, and this show's a phenomenon itself. Going into season two, though, here starts the problem. Expectations have formed. People now have thoughts. We just expressed some of what we think season two might be. And if it doesn't follow that along or it throws in a wrinkle, will fan bases, uh, Star Wars has not got a good track record recently, will some of the fan base, uh, fans in the fan base suddenly turn on the show because they didn't get what they wanted? No, I, I actually feel like no. And the reason why is because I feel like every episode in season one, as great as they were, I still stand by everything I said in, in all the reviews we did for Jedi yeah. Council. They were kind of just, let's go on this little side quest. Let's right. go on this little right. side quest. Let's go. On, and then finally, like maybe like one, three and seven and eight were like the ones that actually really right. mattered. Yeah, right. uh, no offense to the other episodes. No, I know what you mean. Though. Great and fun. But yeah. It was mainly just like the first step on a mission that we're going to in yeah. season two. And it was like very yeah. much like the entire first season was one step and we still have another step. And, and yeah. with the second step, you're able to breathe a little bit more and do a little bit more story centered yeah. um, episodes and do a little bit more story centered mission quests mm-hmm. with characters that we now know. Yeah. I think it's easier for fans to get involved in bigger ones. Bigger uh, characters, yeah, bigger exactly. Battles. With characters that they now know with a mission that they now know exactly the direction that they're headed versus, yeah. you know, let's break this guy out of prison kind of attitude. And here's one thing I'll say if some of these, cause I think even one of the, one of the news bites or something did say from either Favre or Lucasfilm. I can't remember now. There's so much star Wars news still out there. A lot of it just rumors and bunk, but that there will be some familiar characters coming back, right? That's the general thing. But I've been on the Bo-Katan thing for a long time. You can go look up old episodes of Jedi Council where I said it like two years ago. I, I, I said, Katie Sackoff, live action Bo-Katan. I think this is going to happen. Uh, Boba Fett. But I, I thought some of it might happen in season one. The reason I am very happy with this with this now and that we didn't get we didn't get a lot of, other than uh, maybe Yoda, was, but we didn't get a lot of super, super familiar characters we got time periods we got cities we got tatooine we got all that kind of stuff um i'm glad it didn't happen in season one because then the show could we know it stood up on its own brand new characters very familiar characters yes this could have been ig88 and boba fett in another life this was made in the 90s it probably would have been but we didn't need to rely on any kind of hot shot booking to borrow a wrestling term of here's bo katan here's boba fett Here's young Luke. <laughs> There's nothing. And I think now season two will fit in nicer. Yes. And it will fit well into the show. And we still have baby Yoda, man. And, and we that still baby Yoda is young adult Yoda. I don't know. <laughs> How fast is he going to grow? Uh, that'd be hysterical. I mean, that shot of, of he George. Turns into teen Groot. Yeah. Teen, from, but that's uh, the thing. The, the shot of George, the one takeaway I took, I was like, number one, Favreau was blurry. Try again. Uh, I think you can ask George for a second to do that again, George. But uh, that aside, I went, oh, good. He's not much older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be hysterical. He's not going to hit a teenage Yoda, Yoda. puberty. He's like, Season four, he might. Enough, dad. We get it. You're a Mandalorian. You yeah. take off your helmet. 
cool. You're cool. You just got evil. <laughs> You're good. All right. We are done here talking. I could go on for a long time. We're going to talk more Star Wars with you. Andres Cabrera, it's so great to, to, to always discuss things with you. You and I discuss Game of Thrones, World of Ice and Fire over on Casterly Talk, but you do other things. And I got to say, uh, if you're listening out there and if you liked Ace's work on Jedi Council, you like his work here, please follow him. Seek out his other content because he is one of the unsung superstars in this business. Tell him where to find you, my friend. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube at First Cut. It's my YouTube channel where I put my podcast up, The Meeting of Podcasts, with my co-host RB3 and Sabrina. We talk about movies and directors, so go check that out. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Ace. Please do it. I, I just uh, I love you, Ace, man. You're so good, and I was so excited to work with you on a regular basis. It got whisked away. We'll try to find a way to do it again. Um, man, you, you just bring you bring the goods every time, and I'm so happy you got to enjoy uh, Rise of Skywalker with your family. That's a real touching tale there, too. Uh, we're almost out of here. Thanks for listening to the special edition of Spotlight Star Wars Force Center. We got a lot of new ears because of, uh, you know, just uh, Rise of Skywalker brings in new ears. The uh, departure of Jedi Council brought in some new ears, and we really appreciate you being on the team. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, YouTube as well. We've heard the calls. YouTube, put the show up on YouTube, video. We'll, we'll be doing that when we can. It's a workflow issue. It's just right now me and Joseph running this. Jennifer's still out. Uh, so we got a lot of other things to work on in life. But we hear the call. We're excited that a lot of you want to see us or you at least hear us on YouTube. We're working on that. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Force Center. And, hey, with uh, our support growing, maybe we can uh, find the time, find the energy, find the funds to do more of the things that some of you are asking us to do but more than anything we love your support now we still believe in our hearts it's a great time to be a star wars fan it's always been the theme specifically here at spotlight star wars and i'm happy to celebrate star wars with all of you we roll on we'll see you next time here on force center softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.